0: Welcome to the Insights Podcast Series. This is a short-form podcast from For Humanity. Just 10 minutes to gain insights on topics of pressing importance, specifically in the space of ethics and accountability of emerging technology. My name is Jonathan Kuniawan, and I work in the space of AI governance, helping AI teams to ensure they have proper processes and responsibilities in building effective and responsible AI. In this series, we'll be discussing the latest in the EU AI regulation. Today's guest is Rohan Light, a fellow in For Humanity. Rohan is a public interest technology professional who works with technology, data, and statistics professionals to inform enterprise, sector, and system strategy and capability in the complex data and the digital world. Welcome, Rohan. Kia ora, thank you very much for having me. So, Rohan, let's kick it off by hearing what are your first impressions on the EU AI regulation?
1: Um, they dropped about three or four weeks ago. Uh, I was in the middle of some work looking at the Facebook oversight board's decision, so I didn't really see the actual regulations land. But I do know that particularly with our common mission for humanity, we we do know that the recognition of AI risk isn't uh, as high as it should be, given the large number of AI systems deployed into society. So uh, for a start, any regulation that I, I analyze, I want to see some good risk mitigations in there. The second point is we know also from humanity that robust governance builds trust because of the various tools that we have to apply to obtain that robust governance. And so that's the second thing I want to see, generally speaking, is new regulations just in general. But the one thing I've noticed over the last probably two weeks now, there's been the chorus of folk disappointed with features that weren't. Um, looked at or particular harms or risks that weren't looked at. What specifically? And, um, well, the, the issue around um, social media being or not being um, tasked tagged as high risk um, and also the weaknesses around the ex ante conformity assessments which are also weak Um, weak to the point of extremely thin (laughs) Um, however uh, I would just counsel everyone that um, we're moving forward one stumbling step at a time and it's not Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers um, by any means I've probably just dated myself uh, (laughs) referencing those two but uh, it's better than what we had we can build better things from it So that's good. Um, It won't really hold us back too much because we are seeing the, I suppose, the face-off between the citizen-centric, state-centric and business-centric approaches to data governance. We're seeing that standoff. I think it's appropriate that the EU come out first um, and take a rights-based approach, which they've, by... Um, principle they've sought to do do here. So I think um, the, the ball is definitely in the court of the US now. It's been impossible for them to really meaningfully avoid standing up new legislation um, while trying to compete in the AI marketplace. I think it, now it's becoming too much of a deadweight uh, cost to the system. Um, I do want to see those ex ante conformity assessments. I do want to see people um, before they getting used to the fact they can't just do design something and roll it out and has to go through a process just like a car. Um, these things are as useful and as dangerous as cars. The um, post-market monitoring, I like. The whole concept of Extending a sort of warranty approach that you're liable for how well or how badly tuned your AI model is. I think that's an important uh, message to send. Um, it should change the way organisations resource the back end, uh, which is when a lot of these implementations fall over. The um, I'm glad to see that Care is taken to identify tasks for regulators but I fear at the moment regulators aren't used to uh, simulating these complex digital ecosystems and that their uh, toolset isn't quite up for the task. Uh, that being said, I would say um, We'll find those tools fairly quickly. They are out there. Um, Anyone, uh, the OECD OPSI website is a pretty good place to start if you're looking for a cross-section of innovative data tools. The, The only problem is, again, regulators can focus too much on the compliance stick. So learning... Uh, figuring out how to engage with people about what good looks like is important i think
0: no you you're absolutely right in that, so it's not just about having a big stick uh, where the government say this is not what you should not do um, that's always not a good sign, especially you know if you see from the other side where people say too much regulation can stifle innovation, right? It's not only, it's not about stifling innovation here. It's about designing systems that are going to be for humanity, as to say, right? Um, yeah. So, so having that balance of stick as well as carrot, I think is really important. What, what have you seen in terms of the EU AI regulation that is actually a positive thing that would, you know, so for the people who are fearing that, it stifles innovation. What about the current regulations? Do you see that it could be, um, yeah, a good thing actually? Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: very basically, regulations like this help uh, enable a market to evolve. So, the the way to look at this, if you're a, a business with some sort of scale aspiration is uh, it's a template. And it's a template that if you more or less follow it, you will uh, discover or start to explore a niche in a larger economy that you had not otherwise conceived of. So this is the promise of the data-based economy that you can innovate off this stuff, even though it doesn't actually exist, that it has um, asset value on the books, should be on the books, just like any other uh, major asset. Now, what it will do is it will, um, in order to compete in the market, it will lift your quality, it'll lift your quality game. And in that sense, it is a prescription for innovation the issue to bear in mind is the tech lash will be proportionally greater than the outrage of the most significant event. So at the moment, um, we're dealing with the Black Lives Matter event, the social wash of that across organizations who are delivering and deploying data products will affect how those products are deployed. And what working to new regulations like this does for you is it establishes um, the boundaries and thresholds that are now important. It gives you a sense of what this new market looks like and you can innovate into it because once you've established your data governance
0: right, majority of your work is costless. Right. That's really good to hear. So that's actually a good thing because it's actually good for not only um, compliance side, but also you're building a better product, you're building better qualities, making sure that uh, this governance process allows more readiness in the company to be, you know, withstanding disruption. Yeah. Um, I would definitely...
1: Uh, urge people to associate those two words together, disruption with quality. Uh, If you don't, you can have disruption without quality and it's a mess and it's awful. We've seen enough of that. Uh, And we can also see how uh, a giant behemoth like Facebook is currently struggling with quality issues at its fundamental core, which is, which should give people a lot of cause for just for pause, for thought, before they jump into this thing um, with disruption chic as their starting point. right? Because we'll see uh, across probably the next two, three, five, seven years maybe there'll be a wash of legislation as people figure out how to apply existing legislative techniques to this strange and wonderful thing called data. People have figured out that it doesn't, it's hard to estimate it using economic instruments because of its non-rivalrous nature, which is sort of breaks many paradigms there we have the well-being approach uh, and it's still being formed but I think the um, the overall the social license piece, the rights-based piece um, it's a much better starting point for innovative companies and um, and I would caution the, the, the reason why it might, you might get in trouble is within a different jurisdiction, which is trying to catch up to the EU and get a march ahead of it. So, even even though the EU AI regs may not catch you in your jurisdiction, it's likely to stimulate a response from your own legislature. In which case, you should you would do well to study it
0: right that's a really good point and i think the um, similar to what we see with gdpr the uh, ball started rolling with it from the eu and other countries started uh, adopting it i think what you're suggesting is that this is just the start the other uh, countries and other regions will start creating their own versions and as you pointed out the us is now everyone's eyes is on the us to see what they do next exactly. yeah and uh, I really feel uh,
1: sympathetic empathetic for um, Americans in this particular situation as they're trying to establish, they've re- recognised that AI is a, a tool of foreign policy as much as it is economic policy uh, at the same time as they're going through significant cultural um, growing up, as it were, um, that it's a very difficult time for them To figure out the right way forward. Um, So, I'm very hopeful that the current batch of professionals that we have in the industry right now, such as our colleagues in For Humanity, um, are working on that middle ground because without it, we won't be able to get the reciprocity we need to make the whole thing work.
0: All right. Excellent. Thank you so much, Rohan, for your insights today. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. And if anyone listening wants to join and learn more about this project, you can go to forhumanity.center. That is F-O-R-H-U-M-A-N-I-T-Y dot C-E-N-T-E-R.